Hey guys, welcome to uh, Red State Blue, uh, where we explain the left to the right. I'm Josh. I'm Doug. Okay, well, what we're going to do real quick then, I guess, is just wrap up our discussion on uh, the platforms. I just want to say real quick that there is a lot that we did not get to, primarily uh, foreign policy. Uh, we felt that um, it was important to get these few, vi few, few videos and uh, uh, discussions done. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> but there's 20 pages of foreign policy in the democratic platform. And, uh, we just didn't feel like we had the time right now to go through it all. And a lot of it we will address in different ways, uh, in the future. Um, and there's a bunch of different little things too, like DC statehood, Puerto Rico, uh, self-determination and different stuff like that, where it's like, we could talk about. Uh, stuff like that. So I, we encourage everyone to go in to each of the platforms and do, do your own research. I think fundamentally the thing that I take from this uh, process is it's good to know what uh, the party you're backing supports. Um, there are elements of the Democrats that I strongly disagree with. And I think I, you know, we addressed a few of them. Um, but for the most part, I agree with most of their approaches and the things that they're trying to do. And that's why I'm a Democrat. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think it'll be interesting in four years when the Republicans have a platform again uh, to see where, where they've changed and whether I still agree with them. I think um, one thing that I feel like uh, is important about doing this process each time is to take a minute and recalibrate and see if you would still consider yourself a Democrat or a Republican. And if you are still in line with the party and not just a personality or what you think the party still is, there was a statistic, uh, there was a poll done and uh, in the, I think it was early 2000s or no, during Barack Obama's administration uh, where it was talking about that majority of Republicans still thought that they were leading in the category of race and could not understand why uh, black voters were voting Democrats. And it has to do with a, like a tr the traditional perspective of Republicans um, supporting the civil rights movement and the different, you know, being the party of Lincoln and the history of the Republican party. They can't understand that the more recent history of the Republican party has been very prosecutorial for uh, persecutorial persecute, whatever the word is, persecution, <laughs> persecuting, uh, black people in, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and not that, not the Democrats have been great. Uh, let's be honest, nobody has, but, uh, in terms of taking the lead on that, it's not been the Republicans and it's because people haven't taken the time to reevaluate their position. And I, I know that in, you know, four years, when I look at the presidential platform, you know, whoever's running, I will look at their platform and what they say they're standing for. Of course, they're not always going to back that or do that. But you can't have a starting place to judge whether they are doing as they say or, or to if you have any interest in supporting them at all without knowing what it is. Um, so I encourage everyone to go look at the platform, go look at the 2016 platform and be aware of what your party is doing, because that's going to be the people that you can have influence over. Um, I think that's the important thing. Um, uh, fundamentally about this process. I think that's that's the important thing to do. So go out and take a look at that. You may not change your mind, but it's important, like we talked about in the first video, 
instead of creating a straw man, uh, create a steel man, you know, know exactly who, what you're talking about and not just some inflammatory mean. So that's why I, we did this process. Um, did you have any takeaways that you can think of, Doug? My biggest takeaways from this is studying, because I, I wanted to get into a lot of the history of where the parties have been um, in the last, you know, the last half century. Um, and what, what I found from going through all the platforms is how similar they were, except with some disagreements about how to fund things and, and what the best approach is, what kind of programs and stuff like Republicans mostly were reacting to democratic legislation. They never really seemed to block it as much as they tried to you know, change in a way that was more fiscally conservative. Um, except for, I would say the biggest thing was in the nineties with healthcare, but, um, but yet then the healthcare package actually got, gets passed in the, in the, in the 21st century is really the Republican plan. Um, what is concerning to me when I've studied this now is post-2001, the Republican Party shifts. And I think it wasn't just the Republican Party. I think the nation shifted. And we kind of lost our identity. Um, we got really scared. And we started to forget what it meant to say that this country was great. We kind of started to compromise a lot in that. And I think what happens, and it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't surprise any folks in the GOP, um, there's a reason that, <laughs> that when Bush left office in, in 2008 or 2009, um, in the election of 2008, Republicans went for McCain. McCain was the moderate. He was not far right like, like Bush was. He was the moderate. He was the one willing to work with the Democrats and bridge the aisle to try to get legislation. He was the one supporting these other legislations in the history of the Republican Party. He was basically holding the, the margins while the Republican Party was shifting to the right and trying to help them not lose their identity. And what you found was the country went for someone who was more, more to the left, more moderate because of the things that they were promising. And it was a good approach and it was a fair approach and the country went for it. But then there, but then what happens is that this fester and that's what it is mm -hmm. on the Republican party and on the nation as a whole began to, ex like yeah. and, and on the left, it began to erupt starting in 2010. You have, you have the Republicans who are, you have the Tea Party, but you also have these other groups throughout the country that were on the left that also were kind of festering and exploding. And I think what happens in 2016 is you have a populist leader who embraces that fester and where, where the policies of the Bush administration finally were coming to fruition and we were seeing, you know, the hens were coming home to roost, so to say, Trump embraced all of that. And instead of, instead of kind of coming back to normalcy, just sort of doubled down on the far right approach and 
and broke down the margin and said, let's just run as fast as we can this direction. And what that's done is it's alienated a lot of people in the party. And so I, my heart goes out to the GOP because I don't think there's a lot of folks that like Donald Trump. And Donald Trump doesn't like the GOP. He uses the GOP and he'll do that to try to play to what he wants because he's a populist leader. I'm excited to see what happens post-Trump to the GOP because right now, I think what's happening is a wake-up moment that the party is gonna ha- is in shambles and they gotta figure out how to rebuild and what that's gonna look like. The Democrats have done it before, after Carter. <laughs> and he had a Reagan, it was like, who the heck are we now? Yeah. Um, but with, with, uh, with the GOP, there's, there's a reason that so many of them are coming to, the, to, to vote for Biden because they don't recognize their own party anymore because Trump's there. We'll see. I mean, we're less than a week from that election and we'll know. We're going to find out. Yeah. I think I want to actually spin on the other side of that, that comment. One of the things that I think is interesting is I agree. And I want to do a deep dive with you on 2011 and see about the things that possibly impact it because I think it's, I think it's important uh, culturally and historically and just, and, and policy and just everything. Like there's so much, the trauma that uh, moment impacted our nation in, in a significant way. You referenced the way the Democrats refor- had to reform, re, you know, recalibrate after Carter. Um, what they recognized is the success that uh, neoliberalism had under Reagan and kind of embraced a lot of that. And a lot of that is, uh, I think, one of the th- things that uh, makes the, uh, you know, then you had third way with Clint- Clinton was kind of the, like the idea of, of finding this difference. But what happened is uh, Obama was definitely a reaction uh, to uh, McCain. And we've talked about this before, that if it hadn't been for Palin, McCain might have won that election. As as big as the the as big as the electoral electoral college win was for, uh, as big as that that election was for uh, the win was for Obama. Uh, that's the impact that Palin had, um, but that's yeah. changed now. And my concern is rather than uh, just like the Democrats, rather than looking at their identity and trying to reestablish who they are based on their traditions and their norms, instead of folding into a more corporatist, uh, big money, away from the grassroots organizations, uh, into a neoliberal mindset, because they thought that's what they need to do in order to compete with Reaganism. I'm concerned that the impact of this past four years on the GOP is going to be um, that uh, we're going to get Trump, but not comical, bumbling, incompetent, and crass. Instead, we'll get um, someone who looks like Mike Pence uh, with a background like Mike Pence, but has a populist charisma 
of Donald Trump. You're saying that for the GOP. Right. For the GOP in reaction to different things. In many ways, I'm glad Biden is the candidate uh, for the Democrats, because if there is like a moment where we can just nobody go extreme (laughs) and we take four years and we just chill for a minute, then maybe the GOP can can cast off some of the 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 stuff with Trump that that that's not good and focus on and calibrating their identity um and the democrats can stop being reactionary because it's not traditional for democrats to be reactionary but they are being reactionary in a lot in a big way and it's not traditional for republicans to be populist but they are the problem is is when you have populism within a left ideal it functions but if you have <laughs> but and you're reactionary within the Republican framework, it works. But when you cross those lines, it gets dangerous. And, and it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. Um, but that's, that's our wrap up on the platform um, platforms. The last thing I wanted to point out um, is there was a couple things. One of the things that we hear a lot is, um, and it, uh, yeah, you know, there's a party of faith and then there's the Democrats. <laughs> um, that it is, it is, uh, one, one party, uh, has all the faith leaders and different stuff, but then, then the Democrats are, are, are heathens. I, you know, that's being hyperbolic, but, uh, this is within the, the Democratic platform, there is a lot of support for uh, freedom of religion, of all religions, um, and different stuff. And the two lines that I wanted to read real quick were, uh, religious freedom is a core American value and a core value of the Democratic Party. Democrats will protect the rights of each American for the free exercise of his or her own religion. Also, Democrats celebrate America's history, the countless acts of service all of our faith communities, as well as the paramount importance of maintaining the separation between church and state enshrined in our constitution. These are things that get uh, leveled at the Democratic Party that um, are, are fundamentally just, just untrue. And I think, you know, Doug is an example right now. He's straight up a pastor. Uh, and, and, and the, the faith, uh, the, the amount of people on the Democratic side that are are religious is massive i mean uh, everybody (laughs) for the most part massive um and in a lot of ways it's the the democrats lead in terms of religious freedom i don't know um the uh where this misconception come in came in um and it's concerning to me and i think it's important that these words be said because they reflect the platform and they are consistent throughout the platform. Um, there, you know, um, I think that that is one of the things that I think, especially uh, we're going to have to, we'll definitely talk about at some point is what is, why is the, does this particular element exist, um, in a divisive way? Um, but I wanted to have it said uh, just because I think it's important that 
there is recognition that it is you have permission to be a Christian and be a Democrat. <laughs> if you look at this Absolutely. platform and say, I actually like these policies, I like these different things, but my faith says I have to be a, Demo- a Republican, your faith does not say that. Or if it does, you, you probably shouldn't have that faith. You're definitely in a cult. <laughs> and uh, and, and it, it's possible that you might see the G you might see the Republican platform be like, I heard explained this way. I heard explained that voting and politics is not, it's not like you're, you're, it's a lot like a, it's not like a bus stop, right? You're, you're either, when you, when you vote Republican, you vote Democrat, you're not voting for the person who matches all the criteria you want. You're voting for the person who is the bus that's going to get you closest to your destination. It's not a direct trip. There's a couple stops along the way, but it's the closest. And I think that for some people, they're going to say, well, you know, the GOP does that for me. Okay, cool. Uh, For some people are going to say, well, the DNC does that for me. Great. That's that's how I feel. Um, and, And I think that the problem is, is that if you have been told that as a Christian, there is no other bus to get on. That's just not true. Yeah. And there is a long history for why that happens. Yeah. And we don't have near enough time to get into it tonight. Yeah. The Democrats have no problem having a platform that says, we have a place for religious folks. We just aren't going to enshrine it as we're the party of God. And if you don't vote for us, you're voting against God's choice. Right. But I want you to be aware. Well, Republicans make that argument. Donald Trump is making that argument. Yes, really, for sure. And more than that, it's saying there's a place in our party for religious folks. There's a place in our party for Christians, for Muslims, for for Hindus, the, you know, the whole Buddhist, the whole spectrum, atheists. Scientologists, you know, Mormons, sure. everybody. <laughs> everybody. You know, if you're a Zoroastrian or or a, or believe in Thor, it's fine. You there's a place for you here, and your your religion will be protected. You know, your right to to, to faith, your faith will be protected here. Um, that will that will conclude our uh, our examination of the platforms. Um, we'll be getting these videos out, um, and we will be doing an update soon on what we will be doing next. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking through this with us, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure to, of course, share it, comment, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Send us emails about different stuff that you'd like to hear about. Um, uh, we really, uh, if you're on the right and you want to, like, clarification or you think, if there's something you're like, I can't believe the Democrats support this, send us that because these are the things that we want to address. Um, comments, uh, subscribe, like, all that, share it so we can kind of get more people um, to take a look at these uh, at this stuff. Um, and finally, that's it. Thanks, Doug, for hanging out, and uh, yeah. we'll see you guys next time.